0: No, sir, I don't like it. Yeah,
1: I've
0: been getting sun. I walked a dog drink smoothies with green vitamins in them and flaxseed and beets and asparagus and spinach.
1: Nice. Have you always been a vegetable guy or are you just starting to fuck with them now to make up for lost time?
0: No, when you put it in a smoothie with a you know carrot juice and a bunch of fucking berries, it's sweet. Yeah. You <laughs> trick yourself into enjoying. Yeah. It's probably too much sugar, but
1: yeah, but it still makes you get the stuff, the shit that you need. That's that's the whole, the, the sugar is just the catalyst to make you take the shit that you're supposed to. Yeah. It's the same reason, like, they used to coat, like, pills with chocolate or whatever to get people to take them.
0: <laughs> yeah, candy coated. Mm-hmm. Uh, I only left my phone on in case someone fun called while I was doing one of these. No, I get oh, it. it's Brian Hennigan. Well, this?
1: I mean that means yep. money, so you should probably yeah. take it, right?
0: No, no, I, I get them on speakerphone. Can you hear it? Oh, okay. yeah, I'm on. I'm with, I'm with Carmen Morales on the uh, her podcast on Zoom. What? Oh, <laughs> Harry Carmen. Yes, Harry Carmen. That's, yeah. <laughs> we haven't got to that story yet. All right. Uh, okay. Okay, but I, I have done two other podcasts where people uh, talk about my impression of you on the new audiobook. <laughs> uh, have you heard it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just not, I'm just not rising to the bait. you see? I'm good at that. <laughs> all right, I'll, I'll call you afterwards. Okay, all right, bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> I did a fucking spot-on Hennigan on that book. No, you so, did. Sam Talent said, well... uh, Because he heard a rough draft of the audio where they hadn't dropped in other... He goes, well, the Hennigan's part was in it. And I go, Hennigan doesn't have a part in it. That was me doing over-the-top Hennigan. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He is a... Yeah, he is... I mean, you made him sound like a cartoon character, and he does, which is funny, because he has almost like... When he's not smiling, he has almost like a a bit of a grimace to him. So Mm -hmm. that cheerful voice coming out of such a stoic grimace is just a funny juxtaposition
0: um yeah he always he laughs the hardest at his own jokes but mostly when he's just been evil to someone yeah yeah and i told him they can go fuck themselves <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's got the kind of voice that that would terrify you if there was something burning behind him just because <laughs> with that laugh <laughs> i uh i don't really fuck with hennigan anymore ever since you said he was a fattest i'm pretty sure like i'm not thin enough to talk to to brian hennigan
0: oh yeah he's not a fattest in uh conversations (laughs) but he's definitely a fattest yeah (laughs) you know the legendary story where he had a one-night stand and he was uh like in the process of it occurring right right almost like close to penetration and she had a hair on the nipple (laughs) he noticed a hair on her nipple and he just left (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: Uh, hennigan is almost like a he's like um like a someone who doesn't realize that they're not that they're not hot do you know what i mean yeah but
0: i mean hot doesn't really matter in some Equations, especially. It doesn't with, matter in
1: most. I, I have convinced much more attractive people to have sex with me. I mean, I think we both have, right? That's the <laughs> whole point of charm is to make up for anything so we can still reproduce. Uh, I mean, in a genetic sense.
0: I, I was just thinking, uh, like, something made me consider that. Not Hennigan, but a, like, where I've had chicks, like, walk out, like, Oh, you can come back and stay at my place after a show, and then we started to fuck, and then they went. I gotta go to bed. And like, was that because I have a small dick? Like, did have you ever just left a guy because he had a small dick? Like, like, I'm how too does nice. not- yeah. Me I mean, too. they
1: they know. Like, anybody with a small dick knows they have a small dick. They have all of the information to compare themselves to every. If anything, they, that that that's why a, a complex exists on that. So uh, I'm very much. Uh, As far as, like, who you are, like, if you were, like, reading your book and it was, like, who are you in this story, right – I would definitely be Joby which is why when I went to the fun house that was who immediately who I clicked with and probably hung out the most with because it was like I've always been the character who is making sure everybody has a good time and making sure everybody's okay you know so yeah. I still will party with you but I will be slightly less fucked up than everybody else to make sure no 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 hide the keys from this one put this one in a bed yeah. you know what I mean check that one's for vitals like I'm always making sure sh- I'm a feature. I've been a feature act for so fucking long. I gotta make sure the <laughs> asshole that's getting paid twice and me still gets in the car so we get to the next gig. Like it's always been that you, way. You
0: are the Flip Schultz to the world's Pablo Francisco. <laughs> yes. There's a deep. But track. also,
1: I, there's a cap on it. Like uh, there, there was this dude that I was working with named Brad Brake. Um, I don't even know if he's still alive or still does stand up anymore like, even as an idea. But he was one of those dudes that was incredibly uh, hacky, if you will. Like, he closed on doing a, look at me, I'm in a thong dancing, you know? Look how crazy (laughs) it is that I'm a guy that's almost naked on stage in a thong. And that was his big closer. And then we were doing, like, a comedy zone in the basement of a strip club in the suburb of Milwaukee. And... (laughs) which I'm pretty sure was just a money. Oh, I played that place. Jokers. Yeah. With a Z.
0: Jokers with a Z. Yeah. Yeah. We played that place. Oh God. We met a a pimp named Sacramento Slim. (laughs) This was at Art Hinty's house. And Andy was with us, Andy Andrist. And we all, uh, a couple of the strippers while we're leaving the comedy show, A couple of strippers are walking out and say, hey, what are you guys doing tonight? And we go, hey, we're going to this house to uh, party. And uh, do you want to come? We didn't realize they were strippers, so they showed up with their pimp. I mean, they were hooking after their stripping. And so their pimp, Sacramento Slim, shows up. And I go, hey, we had a misunderstanding. I'll pay you for your time. You drove out here. And then they came in anyway, and they – one uh, stripper ended up uh, beating Andy, uh, spanking him with some kind of fucking rod in <laughs> front He's of always everyone. Always having
1: something done to him, like in the book. Yeah, he gets yeah. Beat he, on. yeah. He, like...
0: he volunteered for it, but it was she was a black girl and making him fucking apologize for his fucking white privilege. <laughs> beating him, and she beat him pretty. Like there were marks; there were a serious marks.
1: I uh... so yeah.
0: Now I remember that club. I <laughs> forget your point though.
1: <laughs> but it, it was i guess he had i guess he had used to be a mess and was like sober or something like that and for some reason that was the 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 like the opening night and i don't know if it was the pay it was i don't know if it was what what it was but he fell off and he fell off like really hard and um and so i had a babysit this dude and he wasn't like a fun drop
0: a name drop a name
1: I told you it was Brad Brake was his name. Oh,
0: was, this is the same guy. All right. Yeah, it was it was, a,
1: he was, it was Pacific Northwest guy. Uh-huh. I guess he hadn't even worked for the zone in years or something. It was one of those things. I think he was just like, t- like hard up for money and like had a falling out with them. And then, uh, but he was just a mess. And like, so then I was like, well, I don't know what to do. Like, he obviously has to be at these shows, and he didn't have a car, nothing. And I was so, I had even, and that was the other thing, too, is uh, I, don't, I don't think the road is as depressing as all of you guys make it out to be. But that's because I'm fun all the time.
0: Okay. First of all, <laughs> we make it out to be depressing because that's where funny is. <laughs> No one wants to hear you on stage talking about how much better your life is than theirs. Right. So, yeah. so you amplify the depressing parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love, I love the road. I love hotels the most. Me too. I love flying. I just, I hate the shows. <laughs> I don't want to tell them that. I, I don't I've said them. that at
1: so many hangouts, like when it's been an all day and I'm like, fuck the show's getting in the way of our good time. <laughs> yeah, the be audience is the and worst and part of stand-up. Yeah, there's going to be this two and a half hour fucking burden before we can go back to. Okay, remember how much fun we were having before I had yeah. to go to work?
0: Yeah, it's. Um, just- I, I had to. I have to. I had to break, and I've done this naturally, organically in every interview. Is Sam Talent's book? I've been pitching this on podcast after podcast on Twitter. Oh, I
1: have it. I just started it.
0: Oh, you get a fuck. Cause I'm so excited. You're reading Brad break. <laughs> you're reading me. Like if, if you're a comic, if you want to know what the road is like, anyone you of you listening, read running the light by Sam talent at samtalent.com or Amazon. If you want them to make less money, <laughs> uh, that's the guy, it's, it's, it's fiction, but I've never read a better depiction of road comedy in my, I've never read a better book than that in my life. That's His awesome. writing is so incredibly unique and where you quote passages every three pages. Listen to this fucking paragraph, listen to this sentence, the way he writes, but also capturing exactly what stand up comedy is on the road yeah between the uh, two cities
1: cuz well that was always my role is there would be the guys i would work cuz i was out i lived i was living out of a Saturn for 6 years like i didn't live anywhere for 6 years i just was f- touring full time featuring <clears throat> for anybody who would have me and then on the off nights i was just couch surfing. I'm a chick. Nobody thinks I'm going to rape him. Like I didn't even have to get a hotel (laughs) room most of the time, unless I was going to fuck somebody. Like I had it set up pretty fucking sweet. If I'm being completely honest.
0: Yeah, no, I did three years. And, uh, yeah. When, when, what, for the listener, when we lived out of our car, that doesn't mean we were sleeping in our car in a fucking Walmart. No, you're in a hotel on the working nights And you make friends real easy if you have a couch night you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. You're at the door. Oh, did you like my set? Thank you. You're just trying to make fucking friends. Hey, do you want to go to another bar? Yes. And then I want to sleep on your couch. (laughs) So it's not. Yeah, yeah, you weren't like homeless with shades in the fucking windows yeah. of your no, back
1: seat. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. Well, and I also, I'm also trying to put that out so more chicks do it. Cause that's the whole thing is there's so many chicks that are scared of it. And I was like, dude, you're fine. Like most people aren't gonna rape you. Most of them. So yeah. like, and you pick your- you Take pick your one sp- or two hits. Yeah, like you, know, you play the odds, right? Listen, I've rolled the dice. There's been a couple of situations where I I literally had to fight a dude, but those were it, of all the time statistically, dude, I crushed it as far as not getting raped on the road.
0: I really did. Uh, I crushed it as uh, as, as far as uh, not getting my ass kicked. That's impressive
1: because you're even more mouthy than I am.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, and you, you you think that uh, someone's got your back all the time because most of the audience was with you. Yep. And that has worked out where I, I would have got my ass kicked if I was alone, but but I was hanging out with the audience that liked me. Yeah. Uh,
1: I can't tell uh, you how many I times. I brought that
0: up been. in the special uh, briefly, but the fact that – like violence against men, that's yeah, just a bar fight. What? If you punched a girl in the fucking nose, I didn't want to fight either. Yeah. And someone punches me in the nose and I'm supposed to know how to fight. Yeah. That's like, just a thing. But someone act smacks like some
1: a Beatrice method, on all the guys ass,
0: to- <laughs> she, she's going to therapy. <laughs> I, 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 and, and I'm saying that so I understand where... Yeah, some guy grabbing you by the fucking pussy would still resonate because you couldn't defend yourself. And where I've had conflicts where physical violence I had to shirk from, uh, what, what, What? you're a fucking pussy? Yeah, well, uh, I don't know how to fight. Well, I'm I also, even, you're
1: also intelligent enough to assess the situation. Like, if, I'm certain if a, if it was a little person that was trying to fight you, I'm certain you'd be a little bit more a cocksure and your mouthiness as opposed to a six, four, 350 pound mastiff of a human being. Like it's also like, yeah, it's not being a pussy. It's just, I know that the, the, the odds for me to succeed in the situation are not good.
0: <laughs> yeah. But I'm expected to rise to the challenge societally where like, I'm saying I understand the Me Too movement on that level, right? Where I I I, I threw that into the special without it being fully written, mm-hmm. but yeah, you get it. Violence. Well, uh, rape isn't a crime of sex; it's a crime of violence. So is violence. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the name. <laughs> yeah. Violence is a crime of violence too, and I. I don't go out. I'm fucking old and scared. I don't go out on a Saturday night. In fact, when we do like six week tours, we would leave the Saturday night open before the Monday. Cause I don't want to be part of that fucking crowd.
1: Yeah. Well, it's that, for I, me, I, it's always a, it, it almost like over time, I think, and I don't know if it's just cause I've done stand up for so long, but it's like things that people do have become hacky to me. So like, I don't ever go hard on New Years cuz I'm like you fucking amateurs suck. Like yeah. I don't get really high on 420 because I'm like fuck you bitch. I've been eating edibles since what? I was 14, you know what I mean? Like you Saint guys don't
0: know St. Patrick's Day? It's yeah, us.
1: exactly. Get the fuck out of here, you know? <laughs> it so it's just anytime there's like a purpose a societal purpose for partying. I'm always just like, get over it. Try Tuesday, a random one. Then yep. that's way more free feeling than you just doing. Oh, you're here. You got green beer too? Oh, fuck yeah! We're so crazy. I don't know <laughs> what the fuck crazy is, you fucking pussies.
0: But those are the people that pay our bills. The people that. No,
1: no I appreciate that. They only
0: have that. fucking two holidays a year. That's why people get married. Yeah. Oh, it's the last time someone's going to pay attention to me. Let's have a big wedding because I need, this is the last thing that's going to be all about me.
1: Yeah. But I have that all the time. I have plenty of a a safe, a healthier outlet for attention seeking behavior that, you know, that I don't, I don't have to do shit like that. I don't have to get married. I don't have to be, uh, (laughs) (laughs) I don't have to do anything. It's really great. Um, well, that actually brings me to one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, which is
0: well, well uh, we have the, to we have to do the shaving your arm story, but everyone knows that.
1: Does everybody know that? I don't. I don't. Here's my problem: I don't listen to podcasts, so I don't know at all, even though I have one.
0: Oh no! Someone, someone, I uh, uh, said, oh yeah, Carmen Morales. She brings up that uh, he shaved my arms at Johnny Depp's house <laughs> story <up. laughs> all the time. Well, but that, I, my cool. my my story about you is after i met you and I, after i shaved your very hairy forearms at mm. johnny depp's house with my shavers uh you were doing roast battle against brett erickson and you hit me up by email for any dirt i could give you on brett erickson so i just made up this series of lies
1: yeah
0: and told brett erickson what the lies were so he could he could
1: write rebuttal jokes. Yeah, no, I know you rigged the game. I thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Rigged the
0: game. yeah I, I don't get to be around comics. So why not fucking ruin their day when I'm sitting here alone in the fucking middle of nowhere on the Mexican border. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: that was what was crazy about this book. And I know I wrote about it, but I'm going to talk to you about it is that was the year that I saw you the most in person. Um, and it was bizarre to have all of these accountings of what was literally what, like, what was really going on with you between these instances, you know? And, um, and kind of like just because I also, maybe to a creepily level, observe people. And I'm so it's like, for instance, the night of the election, when I saw you, I was like, something is wrong. Something's up. And you were still in a, like, you hadn't been completely out what was really going on yet. And I was like, it was just a, not to be a complete hippie about this, but it was just like an energy situation. I was just like, there is some massive tur- turmoil happening because it, it didn't feel the same,
0: you know? Yeah. Uh, for for people who are listening that don't know, it was the Trump election. We had this end of the world podcast Planned with all the heavy hitters and Joe Rogan and Bill Burr doing a live podcast together. Burke Kreischer was there uh, at the comedy store, and my wife had just gone into a coma after a, a seizure and a, a traumatic brain injury, not knowing if she was going to live. And I decided, fuck it, I, I can't do anything while she's in a coma, so I'm going to go to L.A. and do this show. And I was, I was, I've never been more out of my mind.
1: Yeah. I
0: mean, and I've tried to be more out of my mind doing drugs in my youth. <laughs> <laughs> <was> never. More.
1: <laughs> yeah. It was a, it was, it was like a visceral thing where it was, you know how like, a, I, was just, I just watched this documentary about rats because they're so fascinating to me, but it, just, it was one of those things where a rat walks by and it's like, that rat's about to die or is sick or something's going on with that other fucking animal right there. So then my spidey senses are just like heightened. I'm like, what's, what's
0: going on? And then. I don't know if there's a term for that, but I I know exactly what you're saying. Not with rats, but with people where it's a gaydar. Yes. Of something's wrong with that. They didn't say a word. You just see their face and you go, Oh, my spidey senses, as you yeah. say. Yeah. There's, there's going to be it's a like term for that or kind or of something. gaydar.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 but it, that and Like, and then of course you get on stage and announce it in the middle of the podcast, which is a great snippet to have on an audio book. Um.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. I still don't know what snippet they used. I know we cut to let them Find the snippets. Oh, it's I- you
1: announcing that Bingo's in a coma and you're here and everybody on stage. Cause I don't think everybody, I don't think any, anybody or everybody knew what was going on, but then there's like a weird, very bizarre silence where they're like, huh? And then Joe's like, Oh man, that's, that's great. That's crazy. That's <laughs> He's he trying to keep it. But everybody's just like, what the fuck's happening? I mean, it's such a, it's a great, any,
0: anyone listening to this tweet at Doug Stanhope, that clip, <laughs> just <laughs> what they put in the audio book. If you've, Read the audiobook. Send that clip to me.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's nuts. I was like, man, why did they pick this? Why of all the? Because there was two hours of great where it was all, you know, uh, it was fun. I can't but...
0: listen to it. I, 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 yeah. I, could not go back and listen to. You don't want to hear you world. lie
1: to yourself for that long. <laughs>
0: right? Uh, no, I'm in a happy place in my head, uh, and that would still haunt me. How much I fucked up that entire podcast. <laughs>
1: which is, that's another thing too, that I think is so insane is there's a famous picture of everybody in the green room that gets thrown around so much. And I'm like, what a horrific, like, and it's, it's iconic. It's like an, Troy Conrad
0: picture, the black and white. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's an iconic photograph and it's such a, 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 like a beacon of a horrific evening for you.
0: It's, it's, it's my Woodstock, now that you phrase it like that, where I've run into so many people that were at, at that show, because backstage was probably almost as crowded as the house. It was. People coming in and out, and I only remember a few people. I remember Jim Jeffries, because he brought his kid, uh, <laughs> yeah. and they threw him out for having a kid there. Which I remember the first time Johnny Depp came to see me at the main room. He brought his kid who was 13, but they sat right near the the emergency exit by the green room, you know, entrance hallway. Yeah. No one noticed they were in the room. Jim Jeffries shows up with his kid and they're like, beat it. Get out of here. (laughs) Uh, but so many people that I uh, saw—I I, I didn't remember you were there. A million friends. It's like what's it the blur, or- dude?
1: There's no way yeah. what there you wasn't. You weren't in a because me- that was the night that I realized. Uh, well, that. <laughs> Cause that I was I was supposed to go get coke. That was the plan. Is every there was a there was a, a mass uh, the store was a fucking shit show. So then Brett Brett goes to me and he's like, "You go get it." Cause th- there's like always one person away from the access. Like so, it's harder to get, <laughs> which I think is great. You know, make an obstacle. Don't don't if you have a problem with spending, don't use online banking. Have to go to the bank to get your money out if you're going to buy something. You have to really want it. <laughs> And so then it was like, Carm, go get us something because this is going to be an even longer shit show after the show. And I was like, all right. So I go meet up with this tiny Mexican lady and I buy a bunch of blow. And then I come back to the store and you guys were going to Depp's house. And it was one of those things where I think you were just in a state and they're like, where everybody just dispersed. And I was like, all right, well, I have all of this, all of these drugs. So because I had went to Brett and Carrie's house, that's where I went to meet, to meet you guys.
0: And then... Um, uh, this is uh, this is news to me because I was just thinking I I remember like bellowing at the audience when they were leaving after it was done that none of this matters yeah. and all this because uh, everyone was just leaving like you know Trump won everyone's yeah. there to celebrate uh, comedy and no wait the unexpected yeah. happened the
1: comedy has become the tragedy. I don't
0: remember anything that happened after that yeah that night so so you're you, this is news to me <clears throat>
1: <laughs> so I'm there and then they hit me up and they're like you know they're like we're just gonna because I don't I just don't I think maybe you might have just not been feeling you know feeling well or you were a mess and so they're like we're just gonna go family time and I was like oh great and then I didn't see Brett for like maybe three or four days and then when I saw Brett I gave him all of the cocaine that we bought that I bought and he was like I have never received drugs back. Like if I give you money for drugs, I just assume that they're gone. And I was like, no, <laughs> like I'm not going to do your drugs. He's like, that's insane. That's insane. Like it was one. Of the-
0: <laughs> yeah. We get to a place like, uh, like not death Valley, but those, that era, you know, the the odds mm-hmm. where we'd have parties and you're like, does anyone want these drugs? Like there's leftover drugs, and you're giving it away like casserole that no one <laughs> ate at Thanksgiving? Can I give you a go box? I'm like, fuck, we're getting old. Like, I always <laughs> wondering. that about like a bag of
1: ecstasy and uh, PCP. I think I don't know. I don't know what the other shit is. Nobody
0: knows what it was. <laughs> yeah. There's no There's no label on the pill to look it up on Pill Finder. <laughs> I always wondered that about junkies, like. Like, even famous junkies, like uh, Hedberg and Chakrab, she talks about how, like, it was such a pain in the ass to go out and find drugs, Artie Lang, like, driving all the way. Like, you're wealthy people. Like, I have – like, that's just, like, a bar that's near me. (laughs) That's not the main bar. Like, why wouldn't you just get a bunch of heroin? <laughs> I don't ever run out of vodka. No. Oh yeah. I
1: never understood that either. But I it was just so funny because I was like, well I guess obviously cocaine isn't my thing or else I guess I would have done all of it, right? I don't know. Like the only time I ever No, understood- I've been
0: a fucking medicinal cocaine user my entire life. Mm-hmm. I can do a bump if it's necessary to be alert for a show where I drank too much. It's like a tool. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like a five hour energy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: But a very chatty five hours,
0: <laughs> which is only the reason Another I... Another fucking thing I've always been good at at Coke is regulating time in conversations. If there's five people and someone's been trying to get a word in edgewise forever, where are jabberjock. I go, no, it's fucking... It's, uh, it's, it's Shawcroft's turn to talk. Okay, no, now it's... I'm a great mediator of cocaine conversation. There's the skills that you have that are never recognized. (laughs) You're really funny. Yeah. But watch me moderate a cocaine conversation where I go. So-and-so has been left out of the loop. Please. What were you trying to say? And I remember what they were trying to say and what the point of the conversation was before it deviated into you getting a second turn before she's got one. <laughs> yeah, you're like a you're like a
1: social hall monitor. You're like, all right, all right, too much out of you now. You now, let's hear some yeah. things from
0: you. <laughs> but it, I don't I don't know what your 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 skill is, but a, as a drunk, I'm pretty fucking good at it. <laughs> Like, I know like that's where you can no longer tolerate stupid drunks. Like, I've been toying with edibles lately, mm-hmm. and I I get high the same way I would at 15. Yeah. So I would never want to do edibles in a social situation where I'm going, look! Like, I, I don't want to be the first-time tripping, look-at-my-hand guy. Yeah. But when I do trip, which is rare anymore... I'll I still look at my hand. Never, <laughs> I don't want to get good at some drugs. I don't want to be the seasoned alcoholic version, which mm-hmm. I'm glad I'm a good drunk because I can't tolerate a sloppy one.
1: Yes. And that but was also, my problem with Brad Brake is I'd sat in the passenger seat of so many functioning alcoholics that he, it was insulting to me that he couldn't handle his shit. I'm like, we're in the basement of a strip club. Do you realize how fun this weekend could be? And you're bumming me out, bro. Like that's always been my whole thing is i I'm cool with any drug. I'm cool with anything that you do as long as it's fun. The second it becomes not fun, the second that blood starts dripping or you start screaming at someone for no fucking reason, that's when I'm like, all right, well, you ruined
0: it. Uh, it's it's when they lie about it that's always been a cutoff where you're obviously jacked or fucking hammered or yeah and you're lying to me that you yeah, I've been sober for eight months and you're not sober at all now you're dangerous <laughs> now you're gonna steal from me
1: Yes. you're lying
0: to yourself yet. I which speaking
1: of lying man do you go into depth about it and i love and i loved uh you talked about it in the book a lot and i'm a big fan uh of lying i think it gets a bad rap i think it's a very useful tool um i mean i have
0: oh, i've shit. always said con art is my favorite art form and maybe yeah, the most if, pure one second go ahead get it get it take it on the air in
1: my house
0: who cares take it That's even funnier. Put it on speakerphone and take it. <laughs> Say thank I, you I for calling. How, honest, how may I help you?
1: If I can be honest with you, this is house. I live in her pool house. And um <laughs> hey,
0: and, Kato, Kaelin. Kaelin.
1: <laughs> and uh
0: so her pool here. house. A guest house, I understand, but a pool house? It's
1: it's it's worse than a guest house. A guest house is much nicer. A pool house it's like a it's like a a studio that's attached to the garage.
0: I I have a pool house at the other house where Bingo stays, and we don't even have a pool anymore. It was <laughs> it was a fake kind of above ground pool, and we just tore that thing out. But there's still a pool house, but that was just for the pool gear.
1: It's a <laughs> Um, I forgot about the phone. Actually, let me unplug it so that doesn't
0: what? answer it. Why are you not answering the fucking phone, Carmen?
1: Because okay, I can't put what? Part out.
0: Just say this, this is, is between uh, me and you. Listen, you can't tell anybody this because she, we're uh, how, are you saying no one listens? This is not really a podcast, we're just talking. <laughs> but this part I can't put out because it's privileged information. Oh, you do edit.
1: I don't normally, but I will edit this if I'm going to talk to you about what I'm about, what it was going to about to talk to you about.
0: You already said you were going to say something, so you have to edit it now. Otherwise, everyone in the world is about to. <laughs> it's it's a cliffhanger.
1: Think. I'm trying to get hits FOMO. They're going to want to listen to the next one. Go, right, I bring, bring it up. Do it quickly. Anyways, uh, she's in Minnesota. Her mom's uh, dying of cancer and. So uh, so I stay here and make sure nobody... Well, I mean, I live here, but I... Whatever. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. So I feel weird.
0: Fucking yeah, if it, if it was her saying, my mother died, we couldn't have that on the podcast.
1: Yeah, right. probably not.
0: All right, so I don't think you have to edit any of that. I think you're just being honest and polite. Okay, thank you. Good. Yeah. Reesh. And I love you, m- <laughs> segueing Segwaying to fucking Laurie Kilmartin. Were you attached to that oh, yeah. Twitter of her mother dying of COVID?
1: Yeah, I mean,
0: that was like, I was. Hey, uh, 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 in the moment, Tignataro. Yeah. You know, Tignataro did that famous set after the breast cancer diagnosis. Yeah, I was here. Lori Kilmartin was live tweeting of my mother's dying. It was, like, it took me fucking years to make the bit about my mother. Lori Kilmartin was in real time. I couldn't get enough of that during that. and
1: she, And she was being so fucking funny about it. Like, I was just, like, I was on the other side of that, you know, because I'm friends with Lori and I was in all. Like, first of all, I don't think she ever gets enough respect and credit. Like, she's incredible, and I don't think she ever gets enough. I don't think there's enough accolades that I think that she deserves for how, how good of a writer that she is. And then on top of that, for her to be able to handle her shit, still be, because she's still, she was still writing for Conan throughout this whole thing too. She's still fucking, she's being depleted creatively in so many different fucking avenues. Conan's on the air? Well, I mean, I, right, like, was writing for, uh, like, you know, still writing jokes and shit for his Zoom I show, I guess. I don't,
0: I don't know. I don't even know what goes on in the fucking world. Like, there's still shows on. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what people are doing. I don't. I mean, <laughs> anyway, I didn't either. But yeah, Lori, as a lot of people. As far as comics are concerned, there's way too many people that are unknown versus people who are rated at all that you go. But that's from a comics point of view. Of course. Like Uh, yeah, uh, I think Lori's fucking brilliant. She's she has one of my most quoted jokes. I'd love to know yours, but I I I should give you some time to think about it. But that uh, a bit you do at the table where I go Lori Kilmartin has a bit about that. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been dating a cop recently. You can't tell because I wear a lot of makeup. <laughs> I get really clumsy when I, he didn't hit me, I fell. I get really clumsy when I burn his breakfast. <laughs> and that's thats 20 years ago, I think. She
1: has this great bit. Uh, she has an amazing bit about uh, teaching her son about Anne Frank. Like she was reading the book of Anne Frank to him. And when she gets to the part where Anne Frank has her period the first time, like her son is horrified by it, like so much so, like she's reveling in how much joy she's getting at how horrific that he thinks this very natural experience is, that she changes the end of Anne Frank she doesn't because he, he goes he's like please tell me nothing else bad happens to her that sounds so horrific as he's, <laughs> as he's screaming and holding his crotch because he's like oh no i don't want blood to come out of my my pee. right and then so she changes the end of fucking anne frank where she doesn't die she's just living it <laughs> in Genesis, you know working on a novel or something <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, 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 all right, I'm just, I'm, you made me think of a Nick Swardson joke, which I never even heard. Mm. So this is a Chinese telephone, which is probably cancelable for even saying Chinese telephone.
1: You can't acknowledge uh, the Chinese anymore.
0: <laughs> oh, yes. that's This is a partisan thing. A lot yeah. of people will defend me because of the Chinese virus <laughs> for using the expression Chinese telephone. <laughs> where I'm going to have to set up some foundation to get telephones for the Chinese <laughs> to prove that I didn't mean. Nick, Nick Swartzen had a bit right after 9-11 where he'd get his teeth whitened the day before, and he wanted to show them off, but there's nothing to smile about. Yeah, it's really terrible what happened. <laughs> Is this a video podcast? I don't even know. Yes. <laughs> My smiles real big. All right. <laughs> he grills. <clears throat> yeah. Sorry, the last the last guy tells me too late. Yeah, this is a uh, this is just the audio only. We can see each other, but they won't be able to. Oh,
1: okay. Uh, well, thanks for all the visual effects. Anyway. I did the last hour. Appreciate it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I took I took a couple people on the a tour of the house and the outdoors to see what it's. Those were New York people that I just assume are in a fucking uh, a shoebox fucking mm. nine story walk up, and they don't even they've been six months indoors.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, that is what's nice about where I'm set up is I get to go out. Like I'm, I'm I bumped into a bear <clears> the other day uh, when I was on the walk in the middle of the night. I thought where it was a you? bear. I'm in uh like north of Pasadena. I'm in like uh, like at the base of the mountain over there. Oh, wow. And uh, I went for a walk in the middle of the night and I was on the phone just rattling off because now since I can't yell at audiences, I'll just yell at my friends and and beg them to tolerate it. So I was just ranting about something and I walked up and I thought it was one of those classic Florida mailbox holders. Like, you know, they used to have a manatee that was holding your mail like you love nautical so much. There's like a series (laughs) of starfish for you to like get the fuck out of here what i thought it was a bear holding a mailbox and then i started going off about how people like people in california suck california's dick so bad now they get a bear holding their fucking mailbox fuck this and fuck that and then the bear moves and i was like oh no you're a fucking bear you're a goddamn (laughs) real bear (laughs) And, uh, and I, I'm from Florida and I'm not from California. I don't know how, what I'm supposed to do with a bear, but what I did do is uh, I, I put my hands on my chest like this and then I just started backing away going, dude, you're a fucking bear. I was telling the bear, like he, was, <laughs> he wasn't he was self-aware of what he was. Um, and then I backed all the way back. <laughs> I walked backwards almost all the way back to the house. And then almost like, almost like an hour and a half later, the bear shows up and starts fucking with the trash. So I think the bear is like a former mobster bear. You know what I mean? Like, I think the bear has like a sordid past because I think he was sending a message like, bitch, don't fucking tell nobody about me. But I've been telling everybody about the bear. I don't care.
0: Yeah, well, I think what is, uh, I think it's your youth where if you look at the big picture and you follow the money, (laughs) that bear was stealing a mailbox so that (laughs) ballot couldn't get counted. And he's part of LaJoy's big scheme. <laughs> Only a crazy person would report a bear for stealing a mailbox.
1: Exactly.
0: Yep, and that's why we put these chips in these bears.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I think he's a we have a neighborhood bear like we have like a next door app that, you know, it's usually for people to be like oh my god there's a black kid on a skateboard right like just their thinly veiled racism (laughs) usually and in in ours it's always like about coyotes and bears and we have a neighborhood bear a bear that lives here and i think that might have been who it was his name's rufus and he goes in people's pools that's his thing is he'll come in and break into your backyard and go into your pool and make it very dirty enjoy uh you know (laughs) enjoy a nice dip and then get the fuck out
0: we have next door here, but next door here, I could literally yell. Next door in Bisbee has, we're on next door Warren, which is a district of Bisbee. So mm-hmm. if Bisbee's 5,000 people, this is probably, you know, a, a 1,200 tops that could even be on it. And if I yelled out my door right now, mm-hmm. 200 of the Twelve hundred could hear me. No, <laughs> so when I fuck, I have to. I have to soft play. Like if I'm too like high and trolling on Twitter, yeah, for goofs. Most people get that I'm kidding, but these are my actual neighbors, not fans. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, but I soft pedal. Like uh, we had uh, like uh, a bunch of yellow butterflies once a year. For a week, there's all these yellow butterflies, and I posted on there how I'd hired a crop duster to uh, kill this plague of yellow butterflies that are annoying everyone, and how I'm going to do the same for ladybugs and hummingbirds, <laughs> and telling, hey, I bought this hummingbird trap at the farmer's market. and. It was a- Fucking mouse trap on a hummingbird Yeah, I was just trying to buy used asbestos because all my air conditioning is leaking out in the baby's room. <laughs> but I, but I have to do it without coarse language and hope people, at least enough people, know I'm joking to explain that I'm joking to the other people. Yeah, I have to live here. Yeah. <laughs> well, you don't work cruise ships because you'd have to see those people that hate you for the next five days. Yep. It's I live a, on a cruise ship, basically.
1: I don't think I don't think I've ever been on one since I was a kid. I went on one one time with my mom and her her gambling addicted friend. They went out, and my mom, much like myself, is a very good enabler. So uh, we went out together, and I just hung out with like a bunch of other kids whose parents were gambling, and then it was very unfun. So I was <laughs> never attracted to it ever again. <laughs> because the kids were lame (laughs) they weren't fun um so I used to just try to break out and go hang out with adults I've always been hanging out with adults though so that's what I didn't not a bad thing it's not yeah I was a bad kid in that I was always trying to hang out and act as if I was an adult which got me in trouble because I'm always a child
0: that's why I've been doing edibles (laughs)
1: oh why why Cause
0: you like to feel it's like it
1: getting it, in touch with your inner kid.
0: Yeah. I've been smiling and laughing and uh, I, I have no reason to watch the fucking news because the only reason I did was to have shit to talk about on stage. And that's yeah, the- if I have an opinion, I have no one to share it with and I don't need an opinion. I'd rather get high and just be fucking ridiculous. I've been so fucking silly. In fact, I'm going to eat another edible <laughs> and make another drink. <laughs> I've been, uh,
1: I microdose with uh, mushrooms. That's what I've been doing. I've been pushing everybody to use a tiny amount of them. So instead oh, Bingo's of-
0: been doing that for yeah. months. Yeah.
1: I've been I've been pushing that on people uh, instead of taking SSRIs. Like instead of taking like uh, Welbutrin and, uh, you know, just shit for people who are depressed. I'm like, dude, why don't you try taking a tiny amount of mushrooms and see how you feel after that? Because that was, I could take a tiny amount of mushrooms and then not hate the public not hate the general public <laughs> which is just a, it's just enough for you to go out and exist and be like all right eh, this isn't all the worst all right
0: what what kind of setup do you have there
1: what do you mean this i'm in right now i'm in uh Maria's but
0: can kid. you just all right you can pick up your laptop and go outside yeah all right well I can do it too. The problem is I won't be able to see you. So you tell me to fucking, uh, hang on, let me, let me, well, I'm not going to take you to where I hide my edibles because Kenny might be watching.
1: <laughs> what you doing? Oh, nice. Yeah. Those are good mm-hmm. little gummies. What? Do, uh-huh. What is your preferred ten,
0: mill- 10 milligrams? But I think these are expired. <laughs> I took one earlier. It wasn't as powerful as the ones I took the last couple of days. Mm-hmm. I gotta make a drink. Oh, do it. Yeah, let me.
1: Hello, lovelies. I hope you are enjoying this rad episode of No Sir Pod with Mr. Doug Stanhope. Just want to remind you to please subscribe to the podcast. Write a nice little review on the iTunes. Make sure you're following on all the assorted social media at Pod at the Funny Carmen, Please make sure to email me with any kind of gripes or things that you don't like. Nosirpod at gmail.com. And thank you for listening. May of 2016, you had came to the store, and this was, like, after I had just moved to L.A. Um, I think I had just went through, like, a horrific breakup in that, like, I was about to beat a dude up and kicked him out of the place we were staying So Brett was, like, really uh, being, you know, just a good friend because I was, like, mad and bummed out about it. And he was like, you're way better than that guy. And he was right because he was, like, an ugly guy that took a lot of selfies. But he uh, (laughs) (laughs) – so him and I – and then he was – he said that you were coming to town and that he was like, you got to meet him. Like, you guys would get along so great. You're talking
0: about Brett Erickson, the comedian.
1: Yes, Brett Erickson, the comedian. I forget
0: we have listeners. I know. viewers (laughs) or whatever the fuck. (laughs)
1: So, uh we met at the store and we were in the back room and it was great. We were having a chat and then um I was like it was it was like lovely to meet you handsome and then you're like thanks and you kissed me on the mouth and I was like, "Oh, how sweet." And um and then <laughs> we hung out. I think it was yeah, we just hung out at the store that night cuz I think I had a show later. I had like a late show, so I had to leave. And then you came back in September, and that was when you were uh, staying at Depp's house. And that's when the entire, uh, and I don't tell that story very often. Um, and the whole thing was is I was like, "Why are you that night?" I go, "Why are you doing this?" I go, "I don't give a shit if there's hair on my arms. Why are you doing this?" And then you go, "For the story, Carmen, it's for the story. You're supposed (laughs) to tell people it happened." And I was like, "Oh, he goes, you're getting your arms shaved in Johnny Depp's kitchen right now. You have to tell people about that." And I was like, "Well, (laughs) you, so." first of all yeah. two things one i thought wait the whole wait wait wait, wait.
0: no no, first of all yeah i, I, I uh, uh, i've i've done that before yes. Uh, yes but stupid things yes i've done a lot of drunk and stupid things when everyone's drunk and seems uh, pliable wait that's <laughs> not a word uh, but uh like i i would always be drunk and kiss people on the fucking mouth yeah cuz it's inappropriate but always with the assumption that it's appropriate to be inappropriate because we're all inappropriate.
1: Yeah. And I I think that's something
0: that gets lost in the conversation is like, yeah, I'm surprised someone hasn't come out. Yeah, I probably did. I probably just fucking kissed you on the mouth. And then as things progressed, I went, all right, I should probably just only do that with, Oh, it's a dude. Okay. I'll do that with a dude. Yeah. Cause most of my fucking fans are fucking not need loners. They're most of my friends are Sam talent <laughs> without a girlfriend or comedy. It's <laughs> a dumpy dude that has a solid brain, but can't communicate with anyone. He yeah, has yeah. no friends then they're stuck in some rural place and they're the only one that's like them. But I think and that's so when,
1: why I'm, I'm a perfect person for shit like that to happen to is because I'm not, I don't think everyone is a monster. So I didn't think you were, ooh, Doug Stanhope's trying to fucking put the moves on me or whatever the fuck. I mean, the same thing happened when Jim Jones No, Jeffery- I
0: w- what I'm doing, Like, if that happened at a merch booth where Sam Talent was that kid that had brilliant ideas, but no comedy. yeah. I would, and he gushed that he was a fan. I'd fucking kiss him on the mouth right as his, you know, friend was gonna take a picture. Yeah, yeah. And you, so then I go, okay, it's only appropriate to do this with dudes at mm-hmm. this point. Uh, uh, and then you go, at what point is a dude gonna go? He, I fucking did that to Andy Dick. I don't know if you were there in the, the VIP bar at the comedy store. Mm-hmm. I don't know Andy Dick. But I was drunk in there and I just came up behind him and I open mouth fucking kissed him <laughs> on the face. I thought he might know who I am. <laughs> no, he did not, but yeah, he did not press charges. <laughs>
1: so
0: the point is yes, so if I kissed you on the mouth, yeah, that's just like, hey, why not kiss someone on the mouth? It was great.
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, it wasn't a thing. I didn't. Well, that's the thing. Is like,
0: <laughs> if I was pressing an erection against your leg at the same time, that might be a problem.
1: That might be. You're then. Then it's not just a fucking. This is fun. Isn't this funny? Then it's not. A, yeah. Isn't this funny? But I. I've had conversations with that about like shit like that with, uh, Jackie Cation, who's a friend of yours as well, yeah. and she was just like. Doug's dick used to always be out and it was always funny it was never and there was nothing <laughs> ever sexual about it in any way shape or form it was just a point in the night happened and Doug's dick's out like that was it because it was funny and well, yeah. I one of it is I grew up my aunt
0: would uh, it's who- the guy dancing in a thong at the end of his
1: yes but you're doing yeah. it off stage because you're not a hack you know
0: right. <laughs> I'm not eating blue cheese out of someone's vagina or ass crack what was that guy's name? it was a guy from Stern not Jaggy the I know. Joke man, I forgot his fucking name <laughs> fuck he used to that was his closing bit he'd, he'd get a lady from the audience only because he's from Stern right and he'd put blue cheese in their butt crack and eat it out and like this is not for me. That's where it goes the extra step. Yeah. Not look, I'm crazy. I wear a g-string, a uh, thong. No. Now you're making your own perversion into your closer. <laughs> I'm just gonna do this because I'm crazy. No, you like doing this. Yeah, you're like yeah. doing this. <laughs>
1: you're doing with a passion of of some some desire that you have.
0: <laughs> I dare anyone to shit on my chest as a closer. Come on, <laughs> shit on my chest. Oh, three volunteers. I guess I'll have to take it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like Andy getting pissed on in a fucking driveway. It's like, all right, Andy, we get it, buddy. You like it. <laughs> <laughs> at what point is it performative, and it's at one point at what point is it self-serving?
0: Yeah, um, but there's so many... Uh, 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 and uh, this will still be fucking writable if I ever have to do comedy again, (laughs) but there's so many of whatever it is, Me Too stories where where you know who's exploiting that. Yeah. Someone who had something happen to them and now realize, oh, I can use this for attention. Didn't bother me at the time, but now... Just like the guy that dances in a fucking G-string is a hack versus someone who's using a fetish as a... Like, you can see through people, and you know from the story, okay, you are being set up, you are a predator, (laughs) you are using your victimhood for attention where you are actually hurt by this, and you can tell the difference. And it's so hard to... You can't go on Twitter and go I know this person's innocent, I know this person's guilty, but you know in your head because what we do is where
1: observe. We observe and report. That is our fucking
0: I stopped myself on that. Why? Because because people there's the, the same way there's a difference between depression and being sad. Mhm oh, I suffer from depression. Yeah, I get bummed out. There's also a difference between observing people and knowing those people versus people who say, I like to people watch. Yes.
1: So so to
0: the listener who says, I'm a people watcher. No, you're not observant. You don't know that look in the face of someone who's about to twitch out and go fucking Spidey Sense Psycho on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was also raised by a psycho. So that's why I learned a lot of those ticks and tricks. And you know what I mean? I knew I knew I was like, Oh, I made a joke. And now my dad wants to beat the shit out of me. Okay.
0: So whenever I, I was just trying to differentiate between being observant and people watching. There is a certain thing in Dude. comedy where you have to be like hyper aware of things that other people are not seeing.
1: But I, that's the, I think that's the observe. like people watching is you're like, oh, but, but I bet they're talking about something stupid, right? Look at those people talking. I, then- oh no,
0: I know what you're saying. Yeah. I'm talking to the listener who thinks they are on board with us. Just because you watch people in a food court doesn't mean you're observant. Yes. We're seeing, we're seeing your soul while you're watching other people. We're watching you watch them thinking, oh, they have nothing better to do with their own fucking head than look at other people. Yeah, <laughs> I'm shitting on the audience is what I'm doing, Carmen. I, I'm, you do it so well. You do it so well. For four hours on the air, I'm, I'm holding up pretty well.
1: It's good to get it out, though, too. <laughs> <laughs> But I've, I, it sucks. I think sometimes it's a, it's a fucking curse though, because when you, when I try to talk to people on that level of like, cause it's, it's just, it's observing and then digesting the information that you're getting and that I, the digestion part is the part that's interesting to me. Um, you know, or when you can recognize that somebody's lying to themselves, you can recognize like, oh You're, you're doing, you're being shitty. Like I know in my heart, I am not a good person, but I am a good, I am a bad person who tries desperately to be good,
0: you know, overcome that. Yes. Yes.
1: I try, I make efforts all the time on try, like to the point where it might be an overcompensation where I take a lot of shit and, you know, and whatever, but then I still, I'm still bad. I'm still bad too. You know, I still went through my married guy phase. I still did a lot of shit that I'm not proud of or whatever. Um, And I think that that's the difference is like everybody assumes that they're good, even if they're not good and i it, and i don't know if it was taken living on the road for six years and fucking only having myself to talk to and not drowning my own brain out, but instead you know it's either uppers or smoking a fuck ton of sativa and locking myself in a and or eating a ton of mushrooms and like let's walk through this together like i I never was fearful. My fear meter is broken. And because of that, I got to figure a lot of shit out because I told fear to shut the fuck up for a second. I'm tr- I'm working here.
0: Yeah.
1: Um sorry, I didn't mean to talk. To no, you. no. I
0: had a million things I was going to interrupt you with right then. Well, do uh, it. And now I can't remember a single one. <laughs> uh
1: <laughs> But yeah, but i think that's uh, the other reason why this this lifestyle suits me is because i do not live riddled with fear
0: uh yeah what well, uh, fuck i'm getting high and getting way too deep but
1: no that's okay
0: uh, I, uh fear is yeah, uh, go keep talking. Then I'll interrupt you. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> I think ultimately, all that's all most people are doing is managing their fear. And I remember in a mushroom trip in a in a fucking <laughs> in one of my ex boyfriend's closet where we happened to be growing weed because, again, I'm a bad person and I was capitalizing on this place that I had to try and make a little extra money. Uh, I was in the middle of a, what some would say a bad trip and that it was emotional. Right. And I was talking to myself, uh, walking through it. And it was one of those things where I was like, I don't want to exist through my life. I don't want to just survive my life. I want to, I want to enjoy it. I want to do all this. I want to fucking live it. I want to live it. I don't want to survive it. I want to live it. Um, and I made a conscious decision, uh, at that moment in my life that I was gonna, I was gonna have the most, I was gonna wring as much fun out of this experience. Cause if I don't believe in an afterlife and if I don't believe in, uh, whatever, if I think I'm gonna die at the end of this and that's it, I'm gonna fucking have, I'm gonna do as much cool shit as I possibly can. I'm gonna yes and all of these weird things and see what happens. And most of them didn't. I didn't almost... I didn't die. I'm not dead. Most of the experiences were pretty fucking cool.
0: I... uh, Yeah, I get to a place where I did all those things. Yeah. The only things I have on my bucket list are things I can't remember I already did.
1: (laughs) I gotta do a (laughs) do-over.
0: Yeah, I wanna do it... uh, uh, Do it again because I was so hammered the first time, but I have no... Like, I'm like nothing I need for
1: that's been that's I go amazing. on Amazon
0: I buy some things that'll look cool in the background of a zoom shot <laughs> <laughs> I don't have anything that I need or want yeah. I don't have that desire to make people laugh I don't want to go back on the road but I get high and I go oh I could write again <laughs> like, I, I think that I can't write any more comedy I'm never going to be funny. And then I do an edible and I'm hitting the fucking, I wrote a letter to the editor yesterday morning. Uh, <laughs> and I go, this is really fucking funny, like locally. But I I spent, I, I had to charge my laptop twice to finish it. Cause I had this just ridiculous thing. That I'm the, uh, the, the town newspaper is the Bisbee observer. It's 14 pages long. And most of it's nothing. And uh, You read it just for the police beat to see if someone you know got arrested. <laughs> and there's nothing in it. Uh, and the letters to the editor, they printed me a few times when I wrote <laughs> stupid shit. And they all think I have some satire motive. And this is just about the fucking <laughs> infighting. Between... It's like I can't even explain it. But <laughs> But the fact that I sat down and wrote for fucking two hours trying to write this stupid letter to the editor just because I woke up at 6 a.m., took an edible, and walked my dog before the fucking brutal sun came up. I go, all right, I can be creative. It's fun. That's, that's yeah, what I'm talking about. But I miss fun. Yes. That's yes. <laughs> yeah. i I I never made a uh, – I never had an epiphany where I go, I, I need to enjoy life. I just did. And now I'm in a place where I go. I've done everything I want to do. I don't need to be funny. Yeah. Funny is really something that you develop as a, a, a talent. Uh, uh, you know, I don't. Uh, it's in the book. Uh, I'm not athletic. I'm not handsome. I'm not tall. I can't shred a guitar. Yeah. So
1: c- you gotta raise your stock price in some way, and that's what right. the fucking charm and humor does.
0: And that's what I had a proclivity to. I, I was I had a talent for being funny. But once I didn't need it because I wasn't trying to buck girls or you know get along in a social situation and find a niche. Yeah, I just sit here I clean a house. I'm a fucking housekeeper. Is <laughs> what I am. I'm a housewife. Uh, uh, I, I recycle cups. This cup I had a smoothie in it earlier, and now it's going to get washed in a minute. And I'm gonna re- reuse it. I'm happy about how much I can use one fucking sheet of tinfoil for so many different things. I don't need funny. Funny, I have to work at, and I yeah. know I could do it if I have ever had to go well, back. Well, that's to
1: a, it. I'm I'm envious of that point because I still I still have that desire. Regular, I mean, that's why I'm uh, as much as it has been made fun of. Like I do shows on zoom and I'm still, I'm still, I still like revel in being a, having the ability of making people feel good. Like it's not, and it's not just uh, it, it's not just the self-serving part. It's also the, um, like, I guess that's how I'm justifying my existence is I'm making people temporarily feel good about theirs.
0: There's people that are funny. Naturally, Joey Diaz, Andy Andrus that. Mm-hmm. the, the they just say words and they're funny. And then there's writers yeah, that can say it in a funny way. I am a mimic of all trades. Mm-hmm. I'm not naturally funny. I don't like, I, it's something I work at. I write well. Uh.
1: Yes. Uh, yeah. See, I've always, it for me, it was a, it was a, uh not a defense mechanism. It was more of like, uh,
0: it Proof, was a uh, natural.
1: Yeah, it was just how yeah. I always that I was always I used to get in trouble for it all the time because I was always just shooting off at the mouth because I would see something and I'm like that's bullshit and then I would get in trouble for it because it's like you can't fucking do that and it's like well it is I don't know what you want me to tell you.
0: Have you ever been approached by a writer that's fascinated by comedy and wants to pick your brain? Oh, yes. uh, do you think that comedy is a uh, Like, and what is, like, I never try to break comedy down to what it is, nor do I know, I know what I think, if I say that on stage, I think it's funny, but, like, historians of comedy, what? how does Jackie Gleason or something fit in, what do you think they were trying to say, and I've never been, like, the letter to the editor that I wrote, I know... As When I rewrote it, I mean reread it, hi, I'm like, oh, they're going to think that this is some kind of, I don't even know, like, uh, the word, like, I don't know what farce and satire, I don't even know comedy words, but (laughs) that I'm trying to mirror my neighborhood based on what's happening in the world, and that what I'm doing is, no, I just had a ridiculous idea about the next street being at war with the uh, other side of the street (laughs) because there's a drainage ditch in between it. Tear Down That Ditch is the name. (laughs) (laughs) Title of my letter to the editor. And i fucking had so much fun writing it, and people are going to read a deeper meaning into it. No, I've just been ridiculous and laughing my balls off on an edible about making up some fucking long-standing Hatfield McCoy beef between and whoever went out under the cover of darkness and dug that ditch, which has been here for a million years, there's no other reason to have that ditch other than to separate and segregate the north Black Knob View people from the South Black Knob View people and we need to tear down that ditch and send an example that we all have to come together. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. And the last time I did one of these people were writing in to letters to the editor the next week. We know what Doug Santa was trying to say with his <laughs> No, I wasn't fucking high and I just wrote some dumb shit. I know you're gonna print it. Yeah,
1: I think it's so – sometimes it's – especially for people who are super analytical, it's just hard for some people to realize. No, it's just because it was the funniest thing I thought of, so I had to do – it was so
0: fun. It's it's funny when you reverse engineer a good punchline into something that seems – like uh, socially relevant. <laughs> no, I had the punchline first and I had to rework it to make come about.
1: <laughs> Me and my buddy, Mike, that I was telling you, we used to go on Benders together. We, we would, uh, it would always be, he would start with something like balls deep in a canine. He wanted the, fr- he loved the phrase balls yes. deep in a canine. And uh, so then we ended up writing this joke about, <coughs> it ended up being a mushroom trip where he started off where he it ended up being a, a joke about bad decisions, like where you can't make enough good decisions in a row. Like you can make a good decision and then inadvertently made a bad decision that that cancels all the good decisions you made out. So you could start a day off by having a smoothie. You could start a day off, you know, you know, cooking egg whites, really working out, and then my buddy Joe calls me and he's got a bag full of mushrooms and three days off. Next thing you know, you're in Juarez, Mexico, where you've contracted rabies from a crack horse charged you too much for banging her German Shepherd. And so it's just like, holy shit, dude. I just woke up, and and now I'm three days later. I'm balls deep in a canine. Like, what happened? I thought I was doing a good job, (laughs) but it all starts from just the one silly thing you want to say.
0: We had a kid butters here that was obviously gay. He was a kid when we moved here, like 19, and he glommed on, and he was like, but he would never admit it. And then we finally get him. one night before he came out, uh, he was talking about, "Oh, you can do Kegels for that." And I go, "That's uh, some a woman does after childbirth." <laughs> no. You ask Kegels, and that was uh, years later. Uh, the 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 hooker bit I do mm-hmm. about a hooker in a downturned economy. <laughs> like everyone else, yeah, you're gonna have to start doing anal my my ass pussy, fuck me <laughs> my shit pussy. That all came from a conversation with a kid who didn't want to come out of the closet openly saying, oh, you can do kegel exercises for that like with with your ass, ass kegels, shit pussy, all that and then it became a bit years later. it's one of the fun things about being old is, tracing (laughs) thoughts back decades (laughs) like i had that idea that turned into this that turned into this and became a bit nine years later that became one of my best known bits Mm -hmm. but to trace it back to the roots
1: yeah just a silly conversation that's what i'm saying you observed a convert that's the that's the the reporting part you can observe anything. I'm certain plenty of people could have had a conversation like that and nothing ever came of it, but it's the, what you make, what it spins into over time. Cause then you go, Oh, I remember, where do I remember that from? And then you put that, and then you put this piece with that piece.
0: And oh, then it's great. You build- Jenga. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The bit, the bits when you like, Oh, I remember trying to make this work so much. Yeah. And then another bit I came up with, Oh, that fits in that. And then it's a crossword <laughs> puzzle. Bam! Now this is a bit. Those are that the moments where,
1: where I do allow my ego to be as big as it possibly. Where you allow you, you are like, I'm a fucking genius, dude. Can you believe I put all that together?
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a brief mention of it in the book that, depending on my mood when I was rewriting, just sometimes you know you always go through periods where I'm never going to be funny again.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm done. I don't know what a funny idea. The ones I've done, I don't even don't even make sense. <laughs> and then the other there's side of those that. other fleeting moments where I might be the greatest comedian that's ever lived.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a perfect combination of self-loathing, lo- self-loathing, and self-importance.
0: There's like, <laughs> yeah, but those and when I've reread where I wrote, sometimes I think maybe I'm the greatest comic that's ever lived. I'm like. Can't believe I put that out there. That's you can't take that back. I fucking wrote that. Nothing.
1: There was a lot there, but there was so much. Uh, there was so much of that in that book that was like it was really, whew, like I was like, man, I don't, I don't want anybody to know this much about me. And uh, I think that's what makes a really good liar, which is what I learned about this book. Made me realize like how good of a liar you are. Because um, one. I'm, I'm also very good at it. That's all I think acting is. I think acting is just playing pretend. And it's just like, look, I lied to the U S government for 30 grand. And, and so I, uh, I don't know what the statute of limitations is. So I don't know if I should go into it, but yeah. low key, I married a Chinese guy for 30 grand. So I convinced the government that I was married to this guy that I wasn't really married to um, or wasn't really in love with or whatever for money. And, so it's like all that is all right, I was doing- All you
0: need to do is rephrase that, and, uh, and well, it's for a
1: bit. I'm just, doing, I'm just doing a podcast.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That's, that's for now. We have that bailout. I didn't really kill my mother.
1: <laughs> You're on. You know when Johnny You're Carson?
0: <laughs> when Johnny Carson used to say, "True story, true story," and the judge is old enough that he knows Carson and remembers it. So, yeah, of course. Comedians always say true story. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah, exactly. Most of uh, everything. I okay, that is something that I'm super annoyed with now is how everybody wants everything to be true. I don't know if it's, uh, you know, if you would tell a story or a bit on stage or something. I that like people- to say, I like
0: to say that I'm part of the problem with that. <laughs> I started it, and now everyone has to tell a true story that's not funny.
1: Yes. <laughs> I'm so tired of hearing about people's day that was uneventful day.
0: <laughs> All cyclical. That goes back to the, the first divide I saw in like 90, mid 90s, where alternative comedy started to be a thing because yeah. road comedy was so hackneyed. That uh yeah, you, know, you there were, there was no middle, so alternative comedy was all just talking about your day with no punchlines and then mentioning some indie film. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> where the uh, the the other side was so I got pulled over on by a cop on the way to the show and you like, no you didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> so, so you're like, are right, your bullshit with a punchline that mm-hmm. I see coming. And you're just saying anything that's the antithesis of the guy that's uh, yeah. manufacturing a premise, you have no premise. So, no, and uh, as a comic does, <laughs> as we do, mm-hmm. you just look for the worst in them. <laughs> so <laughs> the worst of both sides, which is a, a, a microcosm of what's going on with fucking political discourse today yeah all right you're fucking so anti-mask that you'll bring an automatic weapon (laughs) and you are so fucking woke that chinese telephone is going to get both of our podcasts (laughs) all right all i see is the worst but in to go back to the Bill Hicks thing, I watch CNN, war, death, destruction, and I look out my window. Cricket, cricket. cricket. <laughs> everything's fine. Yeah. everything's fine.
1: Yeah, that's that, and that goes back to the fear thing. Uh, that like we were talking, like the <laughs> fear makes makes so many people do stuff, and I also sometimes or or not do stuff, and that's
0: in, in the liner notes. Find my uh, uh fear for, uh, from Voice of America, Charlie Brooker. I did a whole piece on that's why people watch the news and buy into the fear. Put that link in the fucking... Okay. Or just call me afterwards. I'll give you my real number. Don't (laughs) give it up. (laughs) Anyway, the point is, yeah, most people buy into the fear because nothing of any importance will ever happen in your actual life.
1: Yeah, we have surpassed. That's what we as as a species that surpassed surviving... For the most part, like you could still be poor and have your groceries delivered to you by a slightly less poor person like it's we've been sold this lie of convenience over quality um, that like that's why. It's exciting. That's why people love shitty reality television is it's all this manufactured like, oh, what's going to, is something going to happen? There's nothing real about any of that shit. It's still all theater.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Because people want that excitement in their own lives. And most people are living fucking quotidian fucking Dickensian existences (laughs) where they just wake up and fucking deliver the chips and fucking come home and then they look for something exciting that they gave up on when they impregnated that fucking high school sweetheart and yeah. now they eat dinner in separate bedrooms and fuck
1: i know to yeah. go back to talking about observing i see it in the eyes of the women who are like you don't know ha- you're not married you don't have a kid you're not doing the thing and i'm like no i'm happy you see how you're barely holding together that fake smile you have thrown on your face, bitch? Like, I don't have to worry about that at yeah. all.
0: And if I'm unhappy, it's for real reasons.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, there was one more thing that I had in the, that I wanted to talk to you about if that's all right.
0: Oh, wait, you had things?
1: Yeah, I, I, I did. Did
0: c- go into it feels like everything was organic here and if you had things um i love things i like that you did research
1: of course i didn't want to come here uh i mean this is great but i i did prepare as requested i'll still do the the work um but, uh, I didn't
0: request you prepare. Stop it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well,
0: I wasn't going to come on here and talk to the book that I hadn't
1: read or talk to you about a special that I didn't watch. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, no, no, I know what you're talking about. Just eyes drifting off. It's like, no. It was... Uh, oh, I, th- I loved. Uh, I love that you you touched on... Uh, um, wait, which one thing is more funny? Indian
0: gang rape? Yes. I should just put that bit out for free. That was... <laughs> Like I, I I did that bit so long ago. This has to be out. There's other there's other bits I I, I like on that special. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Indian gang, like, like I, I gotta get this fucking thing out.
1: <laughs> Is there a reason? Oh, I should
0: come? ask you. I asked it on my podcast, but I don't think anyone listens to it. But uh, <laughs> uh, fuck. No, I shouldn't have taken that second edible. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead, get to your question. I'll remember what.
1: Will you I hope oh, you're. Oh, Pornhub.
0: That's what I was going to talk to you okay. about. Pornhub, early pandemic, quarantine. I said, because uh, Hannigan said, uh, here's the special on Vimeo. Eventually, we'll put it out for free. And then I said, we should put it on Pornhub. That's, that would be kind of a coup to have a premiere special on Pornhub. Yeah. But then a few people sent me fucking links to, like, there were, like, rape videos on Pornhub where they had, like, the person, that was a rape that was filmed without my consent, and Pornhub took months to take it down. I'm like, I don't want to get caught up in that. like, Jesus. But, yeah, Pornhub seems to be holding up fine, and I guess, I've, like, so I, I still want <laughs> put out the special on Pornhub for free. <laughs> because I, yeah, I heard that.
1: I think there's definitely some crossover as far as people who would like your stand up and people.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, it's definitely crossover. And the fact that even though I wouldn't put my special out, it didn't stop me from going to Pornhub on the very rare occasions I jack off. <laughs> like I'm still using the product. I just know I'm not into anything where someone's underage. Yeah, that's the the joke I said on my podcast. I believe was uh, yeah. Usually the, the the porn I watch the guys already hogtied with a chick with a strap on behind him. <laughs> so she's free to run.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like it. That's very progressive. It's very pro woman. It's nice. I appreciate it. Well,
0: not for them. They're never into it. (laughs) (laughs) Just like rape, a dominatrix is just doing it for the money.
1: I thought it was really funny that there was more than one uh, porn site that was like being like, uh, just even when like the, the protests and stuff were happening, like they were showing solidarity. And I'm like, of all places... (laughs) <laughs> like you porn was just like they're they for a week i think or it might, might have been Pornhub i don't remember which one it was but there was like it was just like a week of only black porn like that was their way of contributing
0: oh yeah well yeah like netflix netflix had a whole new category of fucking learn about black people yeah i forget <laughs> what they called it but it was pretty much that spot on
1: yeah it was, uh, but I just thought it was just so like, I think that they're like, because it's such a source of people that they regularly go to that it was just like, oh, well, if people are going to come here to jerk it, might as well try to shoehorn in some social commentary
0: in the meantime. Uh, th- when I ran for president for a minute <laughs> in, and uh, for 2008, that was going to be one of my main things was pornvertising. Mm-hmm where you have clips of a girl fucking uh blowing a guy just mm. uh, just a straight on cock sucking shot and you pan back and it's happening in the front seat of his car and it pans up to the the name of the bar chill coo charlie's <laughs> what happens after you leave here is your business or something but just starts out with porn <laughs> but you could do that with politics like a a girl getting fucked in the ass from behind, but she's right in the screen saying, do you realize that your civil liberties while are- <laughs> <laughs> well, she's getting fucked and we were, we were going to do this whole advertising campaign yeah, with yeah. porn stars that could speak at the talking directly to the camera as they're getting fucked or jizzed on <laughs> And that way in the same as the girls gone wild motive, Girls Gone Wild sold because they could advertise on cable TV and so it wasn't really porn, it was more like you. So some guy in Des Moines some 55 year old fucking farmer could, no it was on TV it's not porn honey, I didn't have to get it from the <laughs> liquor store yeah. on a one day rental this is advertised by Snoop Dogg <laughs> it's more of a like a fun thing like spring break
1: yeah and it and it was it was a scam is what it was because it was always just titties they always promised you something more than that and then it always just ended up being tits and that's
0: it yeah uh, well no if you bought the dvds they'd have some fucking soft two chicks eating each other up because they get a free trucker hat point <laughs> being they could share those porn advertising videos of my political campaign going, no, honey, I wasn't watching porn. I was watching this guy. He does a crazy thing. And you go, that's still in play. No one's done porn advertising yet. I, I know of.
1: No, it's only to advertise other porn.
0: Uh, it's the whole old Bill Hicks bit, again. Yeah. About uh, one day Coke commercials will be just a naked chick. With her fingers, you know, spreading her pussy, and it just says "drink Coke." Yeah. But this is, yeah, this is a way more evolved idea, of yeah. Well, this is also happening. being
1: honest about it as a for, as as opposed to Coca Cola, who's been like, no, we're part of your family though. <laughs> <laughs> since the fucking since there was cocaine in Coca Cola, they've been lying to us saying that they're part of our fucking. Uh... <laughs> Um, yeah, part of, part of our family, so like this is just a way more honest and like, hey, you're already here, uh, have something else satiated <laughs> <laughs> instead of just this carnal urge you have.
0: Um, but yeah. oh my god, what uh, just uh, like aging, just where you how many fucking dumb mistakes did a boner make for you? <laughs> and, And not just mistakes, but ideas. (laughs) And I always say, women could, rather than just be on Twitter and vocalizing, fuck Trump and whatever, whatever your thing is, a guy hits on you every fucking 10 minutes of a day. Like, you could change their minds. I. I started reading classical literature because of a girl. Like women can change so many people's minds just by luring their fucking boner. Yeah. Not just you have to sit down and read this and I'll blow you, but you should read that. You're kind of cute. <laughs> just that. Just that it's subtle
1: influence. It's yeah. influence.
0: You're kind of cute. Have you ever read this uh, anyway, I gotta go. My bus is here. Well, that's <laughs> yeah, whatever. You're gonna
1: wonder later on. He's just like, maybe I should read that thing.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of cute and I should read this. He'll read that.
1: Yeah, This go, it goes back you to you have me.
0: gorgeous eyebrows. <laughs> have you ever listened to this? You remind me of a guy that, and that guy will do it.
1: Yes, it's
0: so fucking simple.
1: Doug, I know I've been I've been manipulating men into being better since I have been capable of manipulating men. Like I, that's <laughs> I just use my powers for good. It's not that hard. It's not that hard, dude.
0: Yeah, uh, that's a, when you have a, a, a low self esteem. I vacillate through a twenty four hour period. I'm not the same person. But when I I, I realize I do have influence over people. I'm not going to worry about that with a, a what's in my special how's that going to affect people but one on one on email yeah I, I do try to help people and I do try to change some minds
1: well I think there's a difference there's a difference between you making something because you think it's it's a funny way to think about something and then you purposely like Uh, Like when everybody was bitching about Rogan because he was talking about masks or whatever, and it's just like, and I understand why. Wait, 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 wait.
0: Quick, uh, stop. Are you like me and probably 99% of the people that only know about that from the 20 second clip they tweeted?
1: Yes. I did not listen (laughs) to I'm the same way.
0: (laughs) Why would it to three
1: hours? Well, I don't who's going to gonna, podcast?
0: <laughs> no one's, no one's going to listen to three hours. Evidently, Rogan was not anti-mask, right. but he's been portrayed as that, or maybe he is. But everyone only knows the twenty-second clip of Bill Burr beautifully shitting on yeah. the idea of not masking.
1: Right. Well, he, and then I've seen other clips of him talking about, like you know the. Just the overprotection and stuff like that, which I also understand. But the difference is, is like, if we're having a conversation and however many people listen to our podcast is listening versus the 8 million people that are listening to you nine hours a week, like that's way more influence, you know? And Yeah,
0: but he shouldn't have to give a fuck. He shouldn't. Because we're no. a comedian,
1: he's not an expert in anything other than making people laugh and fights. Like, why are you going to that guy for that information? Like, I get both sides of it, and I get why people are scared of that influence. That's what I'm talking
0: about. I understand the. Fear. I fucking hate comedians <laughs> that are like. You gotta know that he's just a fucking. He's a dude that loves to absorb knowledge. We've had. We've talked about it, I believe, on his podcast. I go, You only read all these books just so you can sound smarter. He goes, Yeah, why else would you? And I do that. I only read nonfiction because I want to know something to put in my act. My fucking life during COVID is bliss. I don't need to know shit. I only have to know shit so I can sound smart to a fucking audience. Because all the. I have a few bullet point things to affect, <laughs> that affect that, that I want to put out into the world. But you can't just keep doing the same act. Overpopulation, yes. It's in every fucking special I've ever done. Yeah. yeah why would you want to have yeah. a kid? So, so yeah, I'm, I'm done with those. So if I read nonfiction, Rogan does that. Rogan, and he's so good at it. I'm burnt. but yeah he gets every point of view from everyone and there's so many uh people that are upset at joe rogan or attacking joe rogan or it's like sports teams you don't hate the team you hate their fans yeah raiders (laughs) pittsburgh steelers cowboys yankees yeah you hate the fucking fans
1: but, because they're the ones that ruin everything. It's the same thing. Like, I was like, if eight million people are listening to Joe Rogan, they're not all that one douchey bro dude. That's just bad math. That's not how that works.
0: That yeah, you know, no, he, his fans are, to him. His fans are profiled as because he's a fucking hulky yeah. fightery dude. all his No fucking Ted Cruz tweeted him. Yeah. I was high at the time and i saw a tweet of ted cruz saying welcome to texas joe rogan i'm like this is a dude i just hung out with it seems a minute ago <laughs> <laughs> and now he's got this much influence and then people are shitting on him because he's a bro dude no he's one of the most intelligent people i know yeah sometimes he transfers it poorly when he got me into Fucking, we faked the moon landing. But then he reneged after he thought about it again. <laughs> he's pragmatic. There's nobody is more welcoming to knowledge. He wants to know more. He's completely. That's a that's a guy I, think I would curious. fucking guarantee would never be me too. That guy.
1: No, and and I think that's why a lot of Twitter and specifically female is mad because they want him to be a monster and he's not.
0: <laughs> he's no Joey Diaz. He's just
1: curious.
0: I, I've seen him blow up at fucking women that were just intrusive in a conversation, and this is decades ago. Mm. Two of them, two decades. Like, what do you? What do, Why do you? Why do you keep trying to insert yourself into the conversation? what do you, you think you're a professional hot chick? Like I've seen him blow up at women. Yeah. So early on, he did have uh somewhat justifiable misogynist. Tendencies. Yeah. He's also one of the people uh, that has been calmed by having children. For sure. Which he's I've seen, himself. I've seen having children turn a fucking monster into a fucking marshmallow. Yeah. Uh, Well, that's that's
1: why I don't like it when a lot of times women will be like, oh, you can't like having a daughter isn't an excuse or whatever. And I was like, no, but it is a fucking game changer. It is a game changer. You know why? Because I was raised by that monster. (laughs) And guess who softened? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he taught me how to wield a, a machete, and now I'm very well versed in it. But now, also, my like, I can crush my father. You know what I'm saying? Like, he beca- he's still a, he's still a fucking yeah.
0: God damn it! I keep forgetting to plug this thing back in every time I piss or make a drink. <laughs> right, it doesn't matter because we're closing this up. We are. Hey, please see Carmen Morales uh, on YouTube because you shouldn't be outside. <laughs> Stop going to shows, you fucking spreaders!
1: <laughs> Doug, thanks so much for being on and bullshitting with me. Uh, enjoy your edible cocktail combo. Um, and I, yeah, if you're if you need anything, dude, let me. Hey, if
0: you ever just want to come hang out because I live here,
1: <laughs> I would. you welcome. You're fun. <laughs> I've been pushing fun my whole life, goddammit. It's nice to see somebody else doing it, too. I li- and I like being light. Oh, you'll get that. I'm good at that. Yeah. I laugh a lot. All right, good. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and, and as soon as I fall down, the, 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 don't don't come chatty in the morning, but I know you don't because I know you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. All right, Morales. All right.
1: Thank
0: I like you. that you keep your forearms shaved. That's you, very funny. Just
1: for you. Just on the off chance that I'm in Bisbee and you happen to be there.
0: <laughs> Actually, I'll no, I it. just
1: kind of like it now. <laughs> All right, I love you. Good night. Love you too. Good night. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please remember to subscribe and email me at nosurpod at gmail.com. Follow at nosurpod at the funny Carmen. I hope you enjoyed this episode and... I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. No sir, I don't like it. 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 I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't want your life. No sir, I don't like it. I don't want your life. No sir, I don't like it. I don't want your
0: life. No sir, I don't like it. I No sir, I
1: don't like it. want your life. No sir, I don't like it. I don't your life. No sir, I don't like it. don't your sir, I don't like it. sir, I don't like it. I don't want your life. sir, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't I don't I don't
0: want
1: your No, sir, I don't like it. I don't want your don't No, sir, I don't like it. I don't want your life. No, sir, I don't like it. When I don't want your life.
0: Serenite, <inaudible> Your no sir, I don't like but it. I don't want your life. No sir, I don't like it. But I don't want your life.
1: No sir, I don't like it, but I don't want your life. No sir, I don't like it.